0: I may be lazy, I may be fat, I don't do laps, and I do not chat, I may be selfish, yeah, and all of that, but the one thing I'm not is a scaredy cat,
1: cat.
0: I may be bossy, I may lack grace. I don't do sit-ups to trim my waist. I may be thoughtless, yeah, and all of that. But the one thing I'm not is a scaredy cat. Ah! Ah! The one thing i not
1: is a scaredy cat.
0: I don't have charm or much pizzazz. I don't chase mice and all that jazz. I may be sassy, yes, and all of that. But the one thing I'm not, yeah, the one thing I'm not, I say the one thing I'm not is a scaredy. It was 1945,
1: the night of the graduation dance. The war overseas had just ended. The terror at home. Roy. Was about to begin. Roy, come on, come on, kid, don't play hard to get. What about New Year's Eve?
2: Well, that was different. I couldn't help myself.
1: The prowler. If he wants you, he'll get you. Tonight, the terror begins again. They never found out who did it. But it had to be someone in town, someone who knew that she was called Rose. And Mark, that guy still might be around here. Oh, man, I don't believe this. You're talking about something that happened over 30 years ago. Whenever the time was right, he'd come back. The Prowler... If he wants you, he'll get you. Night he waited for her. The bowler. If he gets you, you wish you were dead. Just when you catch your breath, it starts all over again. <laughs> you may think you're safe, but you're dead wrong. The Prowler, coming soon.
2: <laughs> Hello folks, and welcome to day 10 of the 31 Days of rotting Beef. I am here with... Um... A guy who hasn't been on the show in a while, but not not by choice. He's been really busy. He's been going to film school. Uh, I, I've been. I speak no other than the the of the Swedish cinemasochist Mr. Philip O'Neill. How you doing, sir?
3: I'm doing very well. Although I think there might be a prowler outside yeah, here.
2: Possibly, man. I see him. those 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 <laughs> uh those boots are scary. Oh,
3: that pitchfork! Yeah, that
2: pitchfork, yes. But we are of course here today to talk about my Redemption film, which is a film that I, I choose every year that I didn't like too much when I was younger for, for some inane reason. And I don't know why now, because I think it's awesome. But this is the uh, Joseph Zito directed, Tom Savini Affectin the Prowler from 1981. See, I made up a word there, affecting, you know.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, um, yeah, Bla- <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Philip. I'm so-
3: what? Oh, no, no, I don't know, I... Keep, keep, keep um, going.
2: basic plot synopsis is uh on the the night of the graduation dance way back when uh, a couple are, are murdered in a gazebo by uh what what they which you have to assume is this girl's um, ex boyfriend now because she kind of dumped him because he was uh, he was away overseas in the war and she dumped him in a letter which I think is a really shitty thing to do and I'd stick a pitchfork through the bitch too you know <laughs> just just because you know that's a <laughs> He's one of the he's one of the boys. He's fighting for 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 the the U.S. of A. and you know she she kicks him to the curb, if you will. And um, years later, uh, they want to have this this very much banned graduation dance once again. And they hear about an escaped escaped killer. He's coming their way. And wouldn't you know it, these teens start dropping like flies in gruesome gruesome ways. The only way Tom Savini knows how to deliver so. I'll stick it to you, Philip. What do you think of The Prowler?
3: Well, uh, I think like yourself, we're, we've seen a lot of slasher films. I think mm-hmm. we've seen maybe all the slasher films that's been made back in the 80s. Uh, this is one of those slashers, slashers that I think stands out a little bit. Um, I mean, when I rewatched it now for this uh, re- episode, I there were a couple of parts where I was kind of nodding off a bit. I mean, you know, when they just kind of Walking around and nothing is really happening, <laughs> you know. But Joseph Cito, uh, you know, he does a really good job here creating this kind of unsettling uh, atmosphere for the film, and, and it's just uh, because so many slasher films. You go back and look at like Mad Men, Mars, you know, like or Prom Night. They're kind of, you know, they're kind of cheesy and. They're not really scary, but this movie, I mean, the killer has a great look, and it never gets too cheesy. It always has, you know, it has a right tone, and the kills are fucking grisly as hell. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just a, when I looked at it again, I mean, when the killer is on screen and it's you get the stock in the slash, you know, stuff that you want, it is very effective, very effective. So I think it's just a solid little slasher. Uh, it's got some problems. It's not perfect, but uh, I, I think it's it uh it, it's, uh it works very well still to this day.
2: Yeah, me myself, uh, I I didn't like it probably for the reasons you were talking a lot a lot of walking and talking. But uh, I, I was I was <laughs> young and immature back in those days, and that, that it shows now <laughs> that films I didn't like like we I did Martin last year and. I didn't like it so much because I didn't do stuff like pay attention to dialogue back in those days, <laughs> L- like I do now. You know, I was just like, "Give me some blood, give me some blood," and this one delivers. You know, amongst all the, um, amongst all the walkie-talkie stuff. Um,
3: you know, the funny thing about the di- the thing about dialogue in horror films when Cronenberg was making his first film. Uh, well, his first real, you know, feature-length, you know, film, which I think was uh, what's it called? They came from within or something. Um, Shivers. Yeah, that, I think that's, it was.
2: Both, that's both titles basically. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. The, the producer told Cronenberg, like, okay, when you have a dialogue scene, it's three shots and goodbye, move on. <laughs> it's like the dialogue is not important, you know. <laughs> The horror films you know so it's um yeah i know what you mean with di- <laughs> the dialogue it's not it's the one thing you're like oh my god you know come on just move on already
2: you know? <laughs> yeah but I, I had a lot of fun this time this this time around and yet they got this killer who's very imposing where the well, only real problem i have with this film is that when you get to see that the the big reveal that's not such a big reveal because you basically have two red herrings in this film <laughs>
3: Oh, the red yeah, herring! You, you got
2: the guy who's the the creepy guy that that works at the market, and then you got the sheriff who happens to be going away this weekend.
3: I'm going it's, fishing.
2: It's one of those two people. You have to know that it's it's possibly one of those two people. Yeah.
3: And and the film tries to get away with that fishing red herring by having him call up to the what is it the, the, the lodge, is the lodge, wherever he's
2: at. That that's like the biggest waste of time in the whole film. Is like that. That, that oh my fat God! That guy's sitting there for two minutes just doing nothing. It's like, what? Well, I told you, I didn't see him. You know, it's, 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 it's...
3: Yeah. Yeah. Can you take a message? Yeah, I can take a message. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! That is just. Oh, but did that? The reason for that scene's existence is just so that he can do that, because he's so fat, he can't. <laughs> he can't go he and can't check the cabin though. and see if the guy. No, because he's. I don't know. Playing cards know, or something. I was waiting
2: for him to like <laughs> check his watch or something. Like yeah, I'll, give, I'll give him another minute and you know, just you know, that, that's just a real minor bitch about this film.
3: Yeah, it, but he just it exists so he can like not go to the <clears> cabin <throat> and then be like, oh, he's not at the cabin, you know. <laughs> so we're like, we don't really know if the guy is fishing or not, you know. Oh, my god. But the fa- there's another red herring, of course. Well, aside from the the weirdo. At the store, you know, who's the red herring? But there's also some talk about a killer or something who's a yeah. That,
2: that's that's who you think there? it is the whole time. It's this, this killer that could could be the guy that that was killing at the beginning of the movie? That, that's that's the another big another problem with yeah. this film. Is it's not really established. That, if the, you,
3: yeah, that's a, that's another slasher cliche, which is from a prom night.
2: I isn't don't it? know. I, I don't like prom. One of those <laughs> people that don't like prom night. The first one, I prefer the second and the third one.
3: I, I'll tell you something in prom night, just to remind you. A, they go, "There's an escaped lunatic. <laughs> it's, a, it's on his way here." You know, and we're supposed to think. That's well, like good,
2: the you know. classic, you know, <laughs> urban legend about the, the, you know, the guy with the hook that's scraping the side of the car. You know, he yeah. escaped from and, the mental institution and he's coming your way. You know.
3: Yeah, and of course, uh, like many slasher films, and this is, of course, goes all the way back to giallo's, is that something happened in the past. And it's gonna come back to you know, it's gonna to back to haunt you know, this everybody here you know, something happened in the past gonna come back again. Well, the, you this know?
2: one, this one has like the same and, tropes as like My Bloody Valentine, which is a film I think is kind of yeah. now really mediocre compared to this film.
3: Oh, that, that movie. I, I think
2: it's okay, but you know, <laughs> this one at least you know you got you got I I, and I love I love what they have scenes in films like where they show the prowler like suiting up and like getting all of his his weapons into his repertoire you know going. He's,
3: he's, yeah, the the prowler in this in the film, he is the, I like the way the, the film is edited because you see just um, the amount mm-hmm. you see of him. You know. It's like you first you don't quite see him and then you know she's go about to go upstairs, yeah, I think. And she yeah, and she sees the shadow and she goes, What the hell is that? And then you get this shot of him upstairs and stairs and you go, What the hell is that? You know? It's like it's so quickly and it's you're like, like wow
2: All you really saw was the lower half until that point.
3: Yeah, and it's like you get this brief just quick shots of him, and it's pretty scary because what you're looking at is this guy who has it looks like a soldier, but he has no face or something. I don't know, I don't know. What he's he, wearing what he some, has, he's,
2: he's wearing some kind part. of like drape or mask over his face, not like a mask like Bloody Valentine, but like some kind of thing to cover his face.
3: Yeah, it's pretty creepy.
2: Yeah, that that faceless killer, and you know, I, I you see him like suiting up. He's got he's getting his bayonet, and he's getting he's got the pitchfork, which is what he uses through most of this movie. But they he's got like this the shotgun, the sawed-off shotgun. And you're waiting for it to happen. You're waiting for it to happen, and then the end comes, oh, yeah. and you get the big reveal that you know if you have ever seen this before, you know it's one of those three people that we mentioned was the killer, and he gets his head blown off, and they don't cut away. It's my favorite part about this film. They don't cut away from the gore. And when the guy gets his head blown off, it's just like fucking hamburger meat, man. Boom. You know, it's it's it's, it's gross. Right. <laughs> it, uh, it's, quite, it's pretty great. Well, we,
3: well, you don't get Tom Savini just to hide, to not show the work he's gonna do. You know, so uh, yeah, this is uh, Tom Savini in his prime. You know, you got. I mean, the head the head blowing up. That's from uh, Maniac, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, and you got. Some, of course, the most the most famous death scene in this one—it's the uh, guy getting the knife
2: oh, to the head. It's, it's like yeah. well, it's like a seamless, you know. You, you, especially and you, know, you think like HD is going to hurt this film, but the Blu-ray does not hurt this film because the effects the fa- effects shine even more. But they had like Phil mentioned, there's a scene in the film where a guy gets a bayonet through the skull and it goes through the bottom of his neck, at the bottom of his chin, and it just it just shows everything. It's like woof, woof, and that's it.
3: Yeah, you know? and to- and to make it even more, make it even worse, you see the guy's eyes, and it's like I don't know, they're rolled back or something. It's just really surreal.
2: Yeah, and
3: and, and disturbing. It, it is stuff.
2: very disturbing. <laughs> and yeah, you know, the kid, the kids are okay in this film, but you know, you kind of know. But much, I can't say This happens in most Every slasher film Where you kind of know Which one's gonna live And this one just Really brings it home When Of course you have That ominous music When the prowler's Gonna do something That that, that happens in this film Quite a bit So it really phones it in As far as when you know Someone's gonna die But
3: Yeah uh, There's uh, One scene Which can't, which really goes nowhere It's when the, the Two um, They go down in the basement To have oh, sex Oh yeah and it's like you, all right. We get the POV, you know, the camera is looking at them, and you get the killer, right? But it's not. It's like the principal or something is looking at him, and then the scene is over. And it's like, what was that? That,
2: that, that was that, was <laughs> that misdirection nowhere. of your slasher film to say, hey, you're expecting mm. these kids who are having sex like like you do in a slasher film to get hacked to bits by our uh, by our, our prowler, but you're not going to get that. You're, you're you're almost cheated in a way. By saying, oh, misdirection, huh. is just the principle. You kids don't have sex at this prom thing, you know?
3: Yeah, speaking of major, major misdirections, we got a character called Major Chatham, who is, for some reason, played by Lawrence oh, Turney. Yeah. You know, Turney, from the, the guy from mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> you got the goddamn message. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to sit around and kill around and make a bunch of jokes, mm-hmm. huh? You're like a bunch of your schoolgirl. <laughs> that guy. I'm like, I remember seeing this movie for the first time, and I'm like, I recognize that face. Who is that? And then I, you know, pause the DVD. I'm like, wait, hey, that's the guy from *Rest of Our Dogs*. What's he doing in this movie? And i the end the film, I kind of went, what was he doing in this movie? Because <laughs> he's in a wheelchair. He grabs the the, lead, the, the 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 final girl, you know, and then he like he like holds onto her, and then she go, goes away, and then like afterwards they're looking for him and he never comes back again that
2: I, I is they, they 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 coin him as like this big perv that looks at the girls undress all the time and and very of course strange. he 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 has that grope and like you mentioned like like you say he just disappears
3: very strange
2: you, you could assume uh, that, that he may be the killer he's just sitting in this wheelchair but you know no he's just, he's just like it's like which, a nothing thing
3: yeah it's weird that we're supposed to think he's the killer because he's in a wheelchair.
2: Ever see the prowler just wheel up to somebody you know, with that pitchfork and you know they can they can can lift a human being high in the sky, but you know they they they've done that before in films and I think fr- Friday Three they had the pitchfork and even two and he could like is able to lift a, a regular sized human in the air without even splintering, but this this I'm sorry this pitchfork I'm sorry. I,
3: yeah, Lawrence Turney, I just want to – I have a theory about him in this film. Um, because <laughs> I was reading up about him after I saw him in this film again. I'm like, okay, what what is up with Lawrence Tierney again? What? Ha- what who is this guy? And I noticed that he actually had a stroke around this time. Yeah, you well, know, yeah. in real life, he had, a, he had a stroke. And then in the film, they say, oh, Major Shatner, he had a stroke. So, did he have a stroke? And then like they, he couldn't do his scenes. Maybe,
2: maybe? they maybe they rooted into remember. the film like he had a much bigger role. Before he was gonna have his before like he knew like before he was gonna have his stroke he had a bigger role now maybe he had a stroke like yeah. prior to filming, and he had a much much bigger role in the film but they, they 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 toned it down so he could be in the chair, and still be in the film.
3: Yeah, I, it must have been something like that, and after that we get a lot of that stuff which doesn't work which is just them walking around in the house going major shot major shot him? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of slash tropes in this film, especially you know stuff that like Scream points out about the girl running upstairs and shiver shiver running out the front door.
3: But, but you know what I have to say, watching these eighty slasher films, they're so refreshing to look at because these movies they don't know what they no. are really. The characters are they're so kind of innocent. Uh, well, the like they don't they're not you know. The, the people who make this film, they're not, I mean, of course, they're thinking, oh, let's make the next Friday the 13th, of course, but they're not thinking about, you know, let's hit this cliche and let's hit, you know, let's make this kind of goofy. You know, like, I don't know. It's it's not as jokey or self aware as all the later slasher films or horror films will be, like, you know, and that's what's so refreshing no, it about it. It
2: takes itself very you know? seriously, and I, I, I appreciate that about this film. You mm. um, know, I, I forgot to mention, you know, the, the, the power of the pitchfork where. It's so it's it, it's it can lift a person off the air in the air in one scene, but another scene she's able to break it off on a flimsy door.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is just well, that's it's, like, right. it's
2: like hey we, the, 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 we we got the wrong pitchfork for this scene. This is the stunt pitchfork, and this is the flimsy pitchfork. <laughs> and it's just amazing that she was able to break it off. This little skinny blonde girl who's who's your final girl breaks it off in the door and. Is able to use it on her captor, use it on her 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 assailant, and that's a that's something.
3: Yes, and of course we even get the uh, oh, you think he's dead? But he's oh yeah,
2: they That final scare in there because uh, of course uh our hero our hero the, the the um the the store the store worker comes in and saves the day. Supposedly, like, yep. And they play that real, it's really great. They play this real ominous music, like yeah, everything's gonna be okay. And then he gets shot in the fucking head. Yeah, but I love it because
3: the music—the music in this film is amazing. Uh, the music that plays when he, that weirdo saves it, the music suddenly becomes like—it turns into E.T. or something. He just goes, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> and as soon as he gets up, you hear that. Doo, doo, doo. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the music is pretty kind of—it's really effective actually when the killer shows up because you get those crazy violins going, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> which is. Kind of, I don't know. It gets to me. That music is it's cheesy, but it gets to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 really great. Like I said, it's almost like the hero has a theme music. Like you, you know me, da da, the hero, the hero. No, the although the, <laughs> these kids yeah. aren't very nice people, a lot of them. But um, the, the 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 killer of this film has like his own theme music, and I can always appreciate that. You know, being a part of the Michael Myers age for every time Michael shows up, you hear that doom, da doom doom. Doom. You know, you know it starts to go, and yeah. this film is like no exception. Has he has basically his own score like you know something bad is gonna happen, like I mentioned earlier. And um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I never, I never, I I would never know now as an adult why I didn't like this film, but like like you said, a lot of a lot of the, the more boring parts of the film kind of um kind of took me out of it. I guess I don't even remember what took me out of it when I was there, but it's probably it was a big part of it though. It pl-
3: mm, the uh, the reveal, of course, is that the sheriff. Is yes, this point, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, this, this is from 1981, so they'll be
3: okay. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to figure out, like, why was he. I'm trying to figure <laughs> oh, out
2: why was he. He had no motivation kill? at all, unless, 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 and they never say this. Unless he was the soldier who came home, they never say this. So they just kind of say, okay, you know, he's the sheriff, and he, maybe he's a copycat, but then again, maybe he's not. But we're not going to tell you anything. We're just going to give you this really stupid stinger at the end. For <laughs> the guy with with the bayonet through the head who's been hanging by his neck in the in the shower this whole time with the water running, uh, our our final girl goes in there and she he all of a sudden he becomes alive for two seconds and then dies again.
3: Yeah, they're doing the carry doing the carry thing, carry thing. The yeah.
2: Fight, yeah get, the final the final scare that doesn't make a whole yeah. lot of sense.
3: But it's but you know what if you see this film like late at night I don't know if like you're home you you know and you're young like it, it's kind of scary it's kind of effective. Oh it's like, great! It it's a highlight
2: reel of of gore effects and I'll, I'll give it that it's really great. And I I will, I will say that this is this is the best Tom Savini Tom Savini work ever done. Like like he he mentioned this is his favorite work he's ever done. I think for good reason because if you if you watch this film in HD. And you watch like some of those, some of the Friday thirteenth stuff he's done in HD. You know the big old, the big old. I guess maybe biggest regret having uh Tico or Taco, whoever his, his sister's name was, uh, <laughs> Harry Knuckles in the uh, Mrs. Voorhees decapitation scene. You know. <laughs> but um, th- this is this is the most fluid and best looking stuff he's ever done. if you watch The Burning, you could tell like, some of the effects are real dumb looking. You know, as far as like. Being like a mannequin hand, getting cut off and stuff like that. and But this is made around the same time as the burning, so I guess Savini put more love into this film, I guess. I,
3: wait, wait, wait. Did he make the burning? Did, did, too?
2: did he do, do the effects on the burning?
3: Uh, I gotta check, because I, I knew he was doing. Maybe it was this one. I know he was doing something else, so he couldn't do Friday 13 Part 2. Uh, oh, God. Well, Tom Savini, I gotta check out. I'm looking up on IMDb here. Um, let's see. 1980. Uh, let's see here. Um, he was – no. Oh, yeah. He was making The Burning.
2: Yeah, I thought I thought The, I thought the Burning one. was his.
3: He made The Burning. Uh, he also made a film called Eyes of a Stranger.
2: Mm. But yeah, you, you you watch this movie. Mm. You watch a movie like The Burning, which is a film that I, I don't love so much. Maybe that would even be my redemption movie uh, – next year or something we'll we'll see what happens but um
3: i remember that movie i i think that movie mm-hmm. is kind of fun uh it's, it's got some but it's kind of like the Prowler too it's like it's got some good stuff but also some yeah. boring stuff
2: but the effects of this film <laughs> even even today by this, today's standards are fucking fluid and of course they're all practical they're all they're all gorgeous looking especially like i mentioned that 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 head explosion was pretty was pretty spectacular. <laughs> like, Because the whole time you're waiting, like, you know, like he was, he was doing his whole suit. and I'm thinking, when's he gonna use this shotgun? Because he's been using this bayonet and the pitchfork the whole time. And all of a sudden, when it happens, when it happens, it's pretty great, you know.
3: <laughs> and it just fades yeah. to black. <laughs> but the actor who plays the sheriff, do you no. recognize him? That's Farley Granger, who uh, I j- just saw. I was just, I've been going for Hitchcock films and. He's in uh, Rope and Strange in the Train, so when I saw it, this film, I was like, wait a minute, I recognize that face. I was like, it's that guy. He's the killer from Rope. Very
2: cool, very cool.
3: <laughs> so yeah, a little Hitchcock.
2: And I love Rope there. too. I, I, should, I should, I should, I should. I don't even know the actors from Rope, but I know, I know, I love the film. Um,
3: but this yeah, is... yeah, he's the guy in, R- in Rope who uh, we, uh, James Stewart tell explains. James Stewart, um, he, um, <laughs> the film. If you remember the plot of Rope, he the, the, these two guys they murder their friend and they, and they hide him in, under the, on the in this box with the you know, dinner on, have guests in there, you know. <laughs> and Demon Stewart figures out, starts to irritate the guy, uh, the guy who's the killer and the prowler, because he talks about, oh yeah, when he was younger, he used to strangle chickens uh, and he enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> it's, like, it's like he's talking about, and he's like, oh, he's talking about the times I strangled chickens. Stop him. <laughs>
2: Yeah, rope is rope is pretty great, and I it's, it's definitely right there with my, some of my, one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. You
3: yeah. it's interesting. It's an interesting like, film because Hitchcock, you know, tried to shoot the whole thing in one shot in mm-hmm. one take. You know, uh, it's a very interesting film. Uh, but the Prowler, um, again the motive of the killer, he it, because it, he, the thing there's a the whole thing about of course the girl he killed the, his his uh, his girlfriend. You know. And the the girl the, the the main character is talking about like oh they remember that girl who was killed all those years ago and they never found the killer and like so there's some kind, something I mean like is he supposed to be like seeing uh, ugh, I'm trying I'm trying you, to you, understand I, you,
2: you got to tell people unless you intend and this is a great one off film there was no need for a sequel for this film unless, unless you're gonna do a sequel where you're gonna like. Explain, you know, the motives of the sheriff. You got to tell people well, if, if this was the guy that that was the killer at the very beginning of the movie, or or else you're an asshole. And you know, you, that's just the way it works. Unless so you know, leave some kind of form mystery for no good reason. Yeah, I guess
3: she, he the killer is supposed to see, uh, <clears throat> supposed to see Rose <clears throat> in this girl or something because she's like he likes, you know, shows up with the flower and goes, uh, you know, I'm here for a date. Rose. That's not, I is think so. Says yeah.
2: yeah. this is like this is like reverse <laughs> Bachelorette, you know, where if you get a rose, you're fucking dead. Whereas on there, if you if you get a rose, you, you're you're safe, I guess, on the Bachelor. You know.
3: <laughs> I I guess they're doing also this whole thing. Uh, it's kind of like by blood of Valentine's Day. Like they're doing, they're having the um, is it the graduation? Yeah, graduation, graduation dance, dance.
2: Yeah. That, that yeah, that's and I guess it's like – since that happened.
3: Yeah, and I guess it makes the the guy go yeah. nuts. Because you, you, even, you even have the same kind of character, like in My Bloody Valentine's Day, who goes, Oh, you stupid kids, don't you remember 30 years ago? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. <laughs> and
3: you're
2: doing again. Now, I gotta, I gotta ask, I'm probably gonna close this out pretty soon. Who, who, who did okay. it better? Because I'm not the biggest My Bloody <laughs> Valentine fan, and I know that's like sacrilege to some people. But um, mm-hmm. who do you think did it better, The Prowler or, or My Bloody Valentine? If you had to compare the two.
3: Oh, uh I thought you were gonna compare the, the original to the remake.
2: No, no, no I, I, I actually like the remake a little bit better than the original one, actually.
3: <laughs> Me too, actually. Um it's got hey, it's got uh, it's got the guy oh, God, Tom, the Atkins, Tom Atkins, yes. Atkins, isn't it? <laughs> um but yeah, who's the better? Um well I'm trying to remember in my Bloody Valentine's Day, he got well, he had some pretty creative kills mm-hmm. in that one. I mean he what he got the heart and the uh in the, Was it the chocolate box? Yeah, you gave those out a lot. Yeah, which is a great, funny scene in the My Blood of When he, the sheriff opens the box, he's the heart and he goes, Oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Canadian horror. Um, but uh, then he also put somebody in a... In a dryer. In a, oh, washing Yeah, the dryer. Uh, and then I don't remember anything else. I, you know, I think I got to go with the Prowler on this one. Uh, just, I think especially just because this film... Mm. I mean, it just, I think it's, it is more effective. It's especially compared to my life Valentine's Day. This movie is not nowhere near as corny or, you know, as cheesy as that one. I think this one is actually the death is here. They, when somebody gets hit in this film, you, it, you feel it. I mean, it's like, ugh. oh, it, it, you know, it it is like, it is,
2: brutal. I will say that. Yes,
3: it's icky. It's, uh, it's ugly. It's just, yeah, I think it's, I'm going to give it to the prowler.
2: Okay, yeah, I, I I do too. Unfortunately, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cheesy stuff in there, and unfortunately, um, in my Blade Valentine, which is one of the biggest problems I have with this film. I prefer the original cut of the film before they added in all the unfinished gore effects, which people people like, but I don't like because they look really shitty. I don't
3: I don't sure if I've se- I'm not sure if I've seen the, the, the yeah, they yeah they I'm they released sure. it
2: here where they put all the 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 gore effects back in that they they to cut out for. MPAA reasons,
3: right? Uh, I think that film became a big—that's a big cult film, isn't it?
2: Well, it's, it's, it's not so much now. A lot of a lot of folks, you know, I guess in our circles and other circles know what it is.
3: Yeah, I know Tarantino like really loved that film or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the problem is like—it's. I mean, I guess *My Blood* of Valentine's Day is a little bit more entertaining in some aspects i mean it's got the whole finale in the in the mind you and know.
2: It, it has more uh, of a connection to the killer you know to say okay this is why he's the killer and then they, 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 they give yeah. you, they give you the uh the courtesy of giving you that scene to say okay this is the motivation of the killer let's move on you know it's <laughs>
3: Yeah, they do that thing, uh, like they always from the, which again comes from those giallos, where like, oh, he saw his daddy get killed when he was like seven, so now he's crazy. Yeah,
2: that's that's <laughs> about it, really. Yeah.
3: But I, but the prowler is, I, you know, it's it's a mixed bag, of course, when you look at it. You got all this boring stuff. You got, you know, the, the leads aren't very compelling, you know, uh, but the killer is so goddamn scary. <laughs> so the killer, I got to give it. I mean, you got. I mean, frankly, I I like to see. I'm going to be sac- uh, this is going to be sacrilegious but I would like to see some kind of I don't know remake of this film with the same outfit you know
2: Yeah, no, well definitely. Now. You know, there probably be a lot of a lot of computer generated stuff in there but cuz people yeah. don't know what Ingenuity is anymore, I guess, you know as far. As yeah. Do doing- it.
3: Yeah, I hey, I I would like to do. I with- mean,
2: this film had a billion dollar budget, which they went over budget because it was only yeah. supposed to be 750,000 and uh Oh really? Joe Zito, I guess they said that he basically produced the rest of it on his own, which which they said hurt the box office. But you know, legacy, it, it, there ain't nothing wrong with that. And pe- people the, lo- people love uh, it now, and that that's all that matters, I guess. Yeah.
3: It was uh, released uh, in Europe as Rosemary's
2: Killer. Yeah, I've seen that. Po- I've seen that poster.
3: So, yeah, which is an interesting title. I guess it's supposed to like. I mean, yeah, it, it ties in with the story, but I also think also they're trying to kind of you know do that. We had Rosemary's Baby before, but now we got Rosemary's Killer. You know, <laughs> so uh there's like, and there's like a German version of this film. Do you I know have this? no idea. No, it omits all the gore scenes, including the revelation of the killer's identity, and replaced the soundtrack with bird sounds for day time scenes, cricket sounds for night scenes, and the score is replaced with a synthesizer score by some mus- m- incredible musician. Oh boy. This version goes by the title Die Fork This Toads, the Pitchfork of Death.
2: That's actually a badass title, but um,
3: it is a bad. It's it, that's it's like it's up there with you know the Twitch of the Death.
2: But that, that's a lot to live up to too. <laughs> it has to be like nonstop killing if you call it the Pitchfork of Death, and that's all he'd be able to use too. He'd be able to use that 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 saucy bayonet, which is razor sharp, and of course the, the shotgun we mentioned, you know.
3: Yeah, and you should. You know, I gotta talk about the people who made this film. Aside from Tom Savini, uh, you got Joseph Sito, who I think is kind of an underrated uh, director. He made Frighting Part 4, and then he <laughs> went off and made action films like with Chuck Norris. You know, missing an in action innovation, you could say. Yeah, like, uh, and then Red Scorpion uh delta force one the last patrol 2000 and then power play 2003 and then he hasn't made anything else he's like producing tv yeah, he something.
2: left the, he left his legacy behind with with, with the chuck see yeah
3: <laughs> But uh, i'd like to see him make some out of oh, yeah yeah i'd like you know,
2: to too just maybe just decide to fall out of it I, I don't know but there ain't nothing wrong with canon either i'll tell you right now okay, there's always there's always but, room for a little canon in your diet
3: the weirdest credit to this movie you got to check out the people who wrote this film because it's just bizarre. The writer is somebody named Glenn Leopold, who has written, like, the Smurfs, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, and Scooby-Doo. Like, he's written, like, the Jetsons, uh, like, nothing but cartoons. This is the only, like, live-action film he's written.
2: Well, we, we've, we've just gotten uh, David Hartman, who who writes Transformers cartoons, make, write, write the last Phantasm film – which you either like or you don't like. I'm one of those guys who likes it. But it's amazing, you know, which for bag back, for which backgrounds you can come from to say maybe maybe that's the only job you can get is writing kids' cartoons, but you know what, I really love horror, so here here you go. Here's my here's my uh, contribution.
3: Yeah, and another writer credit is this Neil Barbera who's yes, written a bunch of Barbera cartoons like Against Scooby Doo is written also Birdman. Oh yeah. And uh a bunch of. I'm sure stuff, every. I'm though. sure all
2: the stuff I've watched, you know.
3: <laughs> Jogi Bear, Jogi Bear, Captain Caveman, and the Teen oh, yeah. Angels, and yeah, oh my God, this other guy as well. I mean, like the Fortune Ghosts of Scooby Doo, and uh, like before he wrote, like before he this this guy this guy Glenn Leopold this time, before he wrote the Prowler, he wrote an episode of the Flintstone Comedy <clears> Show, and Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo and Godzilla from the seventies.
2: Yeah, that was. That Fred was a cartoon and... show. Yeah.
3: Oh my god. And the new Fred and Barney show, Budford and Gulp, Gal- the new Popeye Hour. Oh my
2: god. <laughs> these guys they're all working in car it, it's amazing. They're all working in cartoons except for for Joe Zeno. And I I don't have a problem with that cuz you know, it, I I think it shows on screen. Not not in a bad way, but almost like okay, these kills are, are here, but they're also very animated because they just they just go there. And I don't know if that that has something to do with you know them being animation writers as far as those wacky Hanna Barbera cartoons go. But
3: yeah, I wonder. And one of the it also says on IMDb here that there are some writers who did like additional dialogue, like one named Eric uh, Eric Le- Lewald who. Wrote like episodes of X Men, the '90s X Men, and the RoboCop, Alpha Commando, <laughs> Street Fighter, the animated series, and G- Gargles, the Goliath Chronicles, oh, yeah. and Beetlejuice. I mean, <laughs>
2: these are all what? shows I watched, man. So this, this is this is good uh, stuff.
3: <laughs> man, I would I would love to just hear from these people. Like, I want to talk to these people. What was it like writing the Problem?
2: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's so different <laughs> from anything else they would ever done.
3: Yeah, these guys—they all wrote cartoons.
2: <laughs> oh my God. But uh yeah, yeah exactly. But this this is a I'll <laughs> leave this, and I'm I'm gonna ask you for a rating now, one to ten. What would you give the prowler? Uh,
3: I would. Uh, let's see, how many uh the pitchforks? How many of those? How many pitchforks?
2: I I don't uh, know, man.
3: <laughs> now how many? Let's see. Is it one? No, I'm looking at the actual. What, what do you call a pitchfork? What's on the the, the um the prongs? You know. Yeah, the, it's. I'm looking at a picture from the film. Like one, two, three, four. Five. I give it a five, I guess. <laughs> okay. The pitchfork, you know, pitchfork. You got five of those, you know, little spiky things on oh, it. You
2: okay. Know? Um.
3: <laughs> five out of
2: uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, me myself, I I give it I give it I give it pretty high ratings too. I, I imagine you're going full pitchforks, so you're going for that that full rating. But the, the, there's not a whole <laughs> lot wrong with this film. I, I give it an eight and a half, and that, that's that's high could, could compared to um. I was uh, what well, my my rating was I don't know twenty years ago, so yeah, uh, eight and a half out of, out of ten. F- Philip is uh up there as well, holding his pitchfork very very high. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is where I leave you. Thank you, Philip, for coming on. You're you're always welcome. But I know you're very very busy. Thank
3: you for um, having for me. Oh, for
2: sure. And uh, we'll see you guys all again tomorrow for day eleven of the thirty one days of rotting beef. See you guys soon.
1: Say got a letter that told how Billy died that day The letter said that he was a hero She should be proud he died that way
0: I heard she threw the letter away